Grab your coffee. It's time for an episode of Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative. I'm your host, Melissa Da Silva. Hello, Chit Chatters. I hope all of you are well. I am finding that something that I am enjoying as I grow older is being able to look at things from the past and how far we have come in our technology, in our relationships, in our society. It's just amazing how far we have come in the 40 years I have been on this earth. And I'm just amazed by it when I do this. The guest that I have today made me think back to a time when we were all starting to get cable in our house and not everyone could get it, whether it's because you lived out in the woods or you just could not afford to get the cable. And so if you had a family member or a friend and you went over their house and they had cable, it was the greatest time ever. I just remember that my grandmother was one of the first ones to get cable in our family. And we were amazed at all the different channels we could watch. And they were all on 24-7. And I have to admit, back in the day when channels turned off at a certain time, the anthem at the end of the day always made me really sad. But with cable, we didn't have to worry about that anymore because you could watch kids shows all day long. MTV music videos, and that stirred a whole bunch of hoopla because we could see half-naked people dancing around now uh, all day long if we wanted to. And one of the other newest luxuries that cable gave us was the Home Shopping Network. It's a good thing I was a kid when this came out because if I was an adult, I would have ended up as one of those people on the show Hoarders. I would be the lady that collected all the mint coins, the porcelain dolls, the Ginsu knives, and I'm sure 5,000 other unopened packages stacked to my ceiling. The Home Shopping Network opened up a whole entire new world for all of us. We didn't have to flip through those magazines that we got in the mail and decide what we wanted, send a check-in, and wait about five weeks for that shirt to come in from the delivery. It was a long process, but pretty exciting once you got your item, if it fit. This channel was set up to make us feel like we needed every item that they showed. And of course, every item was almost always sold out. What genius marketing this channel had. So my guest today is taking this idea of Home Shopping Network and bringing it into our modern age. When I heard his idea, I was so pumped that this project is going to be created, and I couldn't believe that this idea has not been developed yet. And so I get my excited flying hands when this guest told me about his idea. I think it's genius, and I hope all of you think that it's a genius idea too. So here is my interview with Daniel Chit Chatters, I am so excited today to have Daniel Northway Frank on the show because we have connected through an interesting way. I was a guest on your sister's podcast, Interview with Exes, as like the guest expert therapist. Great podcast. I encourage everybody to listen to it. 
And now you and I have connected because you are doing something pretty awesome. Besides everything that you've done in the past, it's awesome. But you are doing something right now. You are in a pre-release of the Queer Shopping Network, a marketplace supporting the LGBTQ2SIA plus creators, companies, and products. This sounds like something that I haven't heard about before. Like this seems pretty new. Well, from the research I'm doing, unless I'm really missing something obvious, no, I, I think it's kind of new and exciting. It's kind of been my, it just came to me and I've been on mental fire with it. Like every day I wake up and I start working on it. So, so tell us a little bit about the Queer Shopping Network. Yeah, well, I mean, so this is just something that really started in December, where I've been trying to figure out when as I was getting more quiet in my consulting business, um, or just it was a quiet period. I'm like, these other ideas I have on my wall that I've always wanted to do or something, I'm just going to develop some of them, throw things at the wall, start doing hacking away at some of these things. So this wasn't even in there. But what kind of was the trigger for me was... Um, I'm in a lot of, I'm a, a queer gay dad. Um, I identify as cis and gay and I have a nine-year-old. And oh my goodness. <laughs> he's doing virtual learning right now. Because so I told him not to disrupt me. <laughs> I'm on a lot of gay dad, queer parent, mm-hmm. gay father Facebook groups that have mm-hmm. between the three or four of them are 20,000 people. Holy moly. Pretty great. So wow. there's a huge volume of just queer parents. And especially mm-hmm. in Toronto, we have, I would debate the highest per capita of queer parents in the world. We just, interesting. You know, we just grew up in Canada and there's a lot of acceptance, and a lot of resources. So I think, mm-hmm. it's, yes, <laughs> I know many and there are many. December, you know, people send their like holiday gift card or holiday cards to people that they know. Mm-hmm. On the feed of the gay father's Facebook group were just families, gay dads posting pictures, good selfies because we're mm-hmm. gay guys and we're <laughs> our selfies. But now that we have families, we're really happy to show our house and our lovely tree and our family. But they were all wearing coordinated pajamas or Christmas <laughs> outfits on masks. Like so many posts a day, the engagement on the posts are like, 150, 200 likes, 45, 50 comments. Like this is a really engaged group of people. I started to get more engaged maybe like six months ago. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, what's going on? Offer advice. Mm -hmm. But then I just realized the buying power of gay men, gay men who are fathers have a buying power that Mm -hmm. just even from pajamas alone, where are they going to buy their pajamas? I started asking lightly, like, oh, that looks great. Where did you get it? So I'm hearing all over the place. But I thought, wouldn't they rather, God knows how much they spent or whatever, but like they mm-hmm. have to buy four outfits. I'm sure it's a, a lot, but wouldn't you rather support a queer, like myself, like let's say mm-hmm. for me, if I started a company that was just doing pajamas for queer families, wouldn't you rather know that your money was going towards supporting someone in your community? Mm. And so I kind of took that light bulb idea and I'm thinking about how, if we could all collect and be a hub for the collective buying power of the queer community, how we could support companies, you know, artists who kind of become entrepreneurs, uh, people who are pivoting online. How do we collectively start supporting one another with our Mm -hmm. buying power? You know, we all have to buy a gift for mom for mother's day, or we want to buy a pajama, uh, you know, we're compelled to buy a pajama, (laughs) but why not go to people who is something that's a queer run 
company or help those companies get that voice out there. So, I mean, that's kind of it from a product point of view, but then I'm Mm -hmm. thinking as a larger kind of advocacy movement, how do we get queer inclusive companies that are already doing good work like Sky Vodka or like Ikea or like... What about Target? Is Target... Well, and this is the thing. It's like people who are actively marketing to be inclusive, you know, they're showing images of queer families, queer individuals. How do we encourage them to keep doing that? Is getting mm-hmm. this idea is that you get a queer shopping network badge mm. and kind of like your union certification that there is a community and there are standards by which you are showing that you are being inclusive and realizing that we are a valuable economic liver of your your funds and we will gladly go to where someone's doing it well and mm-hmm. want to you know support those people so how do you do that so it's kind of this idea of supporting products i'm working on my own right now but then how can we be a kind of a hub kind of like the pink pages was a couple decades ago yeah i was gonna say that was a while ago <laughs> it's, yeah and it's still around but how do we actually you know there's collectively mm-hmm. create an advocacy, but also just a marketplace, whether you're queer or not, it's a a safe place where Mm -hmm. I, as a gay dad can get something for my niece that's Mm -hmm. gender neutral or like, how do I get books? How do I get things into it where she lives in a small town and she Mm -hmm. has a very narrow point of view of how life is lived. And so it's, how can this be a point, whether you're on one side or the other, but you want to influence and bring them up, just showing that there's a diversity of people out there. That's the gist of it. So it's, I'm this literally- This is a big project. It is. Wow. I'm kind of just riding the waves as it goes, but I'm literally working on rainbow stretchy pants right now for kids. Literally nice. right, like this morning. So we'll see where <laughs> it goes. I'm looking to kind of launch some things for mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. So we'll Oh, see. okay. And so will you have like different artists coming on to have their products? Um like I did an interview with somebody who has their own brand, Seven Even. So they have like their own logo. So you don't have to have rainbows and unicorns, but you can have their brand to really showcase your queerness. Uh, absolutely. So what I have right now is kind of a schedule on my, I have a Facebook research group that has about mm. 200 people and then I have a company page. But the idea is to be supporting those types of projects mm-hmm. you know, or companies throughout it. Like last Friday, I did a thing about it's the end of the weekend. It's foodie Friday. Where do you want to get your food? Why don't you support this queer run Hungarian restaurant that's in the East end of my city. And so if mm. you choose you want to support local business, I didn't even know it was a queer run business till I asked the question in the group. And someone said, this Hungarian restaurant is great. And I said, I love schnitzel. So I am so sad that my schnitzel places are probably closed for good. And I didn't mm-hmm. even know it existed. So I went there in the cold and biked and got myself a sandwich and then took a picture of me eating it outside and said, it's Friday here. Look what I just got this big schnitzel sandwich. Give it a go. So the idea is that like anybody who's in the group or on the page, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, sure. I would love to. So it gives them promotion, hopefully some business. And that's what I would like to, outside of my own stuff like that we're promoting companies that are doing that kind of stuff wherever they are so the entrepreneur in me is saying like how are you going to get repaid monetarily for this whole project yes well i mean for one i'm if i do my own line of queer shopping things that's already Mm -hmm. kind of one thing the other part is that at least in canada there's ways that you know if you want to be one of canada's top 100 employers 
or something, you have mm-hmm. to apply. The companies apply. It's not, it's not the staff that are like saying, oh, they're so great. It's them. Oh, I always wondered why my staff never <laughs> nominated me. <laughs> because it's the it's the company doing and, and painting their picture. But mm-hmm. what if you had to apply to get a queer shopping network mm-hmm. that you then have to submit an application? How are you showing inclusive marketing materials three times a quarter in your marketing? Mm. How do you adhere to these things? So you kind of get like a gold, silver. Yeah. Like a sponsorship level type of thing. Yeah, and so, But mm-hmm. then sponsors might want to come in. Maybe Doritos want, is like, oh my gosh, the buying power. I want them to know there's like in Mexico, they did a rainbows Dorito. Oh yes. Like a year ago. And they did a campaign about a son coming out to his dad. So I'm like, you get the girl guide badge. Like you get mm-hmm. one of the badges, you got one of five. So we want to you know, celebrate Doritos. I put it up on the site just saying, here's a really great commercial, you know, mm-hmm. in the future, they would get a brownie point. So the, the idea is that you're kind of, whether it's sponsorship or that you're kind of paying to get the recognition, recognition that you're also showing. So I think there's an economy to kind of getting yeah. that certification, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know between that and the other stuff, we will, we'll see how it goes. I think this is a wonderful idea. I can't believe nobody else has come up with this. Okay, I won't go too far, but maybe I will. Yeah, I can stop talking at any point. Honestly, I could talk for an hour about no. it. Um, I love listening to this because this is like right up my alley. <laughs> well, then I wanted to start here, but I have a history in film and television. And so mm. you know, film festivals, i very close with, I've been working at film festivals for the last 15 years. I have a background in post-production at Technicolor, colorized every film on the planet. And uh, I see this as a the eventual competitor or replacement to the home shopping network yes absolutely I show that has different segments I have it mapped out here and so I don't want to say like too much in case like I don't want somebody to steal my idea um but yeah uh, will there of, be drag queens involved <laughs> yes like this I is feel like of, it has to be <laughs> how do we pair I have like the idea of like if it was the network here's your slot for the week yes here's what's gonna happen on Sunday here's a Saturday afternoon like the parenting hour with products, get Neil mm-hmm. Patrick Harris to come and talk about his new cologne you know, game that he's <laughs> yeah. promoting, but have him come on as a guest as they yeah. do on like those morning shows, mm-hmm. but it's their shopping network and the shows are hosted by influencers, you know, that we already know in the community. I'm getting all excited about this. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm excited too. It's, I can't get it out of my brain. And I just, it's one of those things where it's like, if it's just kind of doped a fire in me and it's like I need to get on this before someone else does yeah yeah so that's what I'm trying to do yes wow this is amazing now did you get the domain queer shopping network yes holy shit <laughs> that was it still available do you know how many domains I've bought in the last month you don't even know <laughs> I, so <laughs> I started with gaygifting.com because mm-hmm. I thought gifts mm-hmm. two and four but then yep. I just as I was going I just thought on my TV, I still get an antenna. I have an antenna and sometimes I rifle through things. You know, I go through the satellite <laughs> just to see what's on. Um, sometimes, you know, the documentary or whatever, but the home mm-hmm. shopping network is on there. And I'm just- It's, it's like, always on. I think it's been on for the last 30 years, right? <laughs> oh, it's always Non-stop. on. But it is trapped in time. It is trapped in 1992. Uh-huh. And now they're all remote and they're trying mm-hmm. to do these things and they're in their living room and it's like broadcasting from here. And it's just like- we need something more. And I think if it was clear, it would just have the pizzazz and light and mm-hmm. color that would be like, it's Friday night. I'm going to tell you one of the things. Yeah. It's Friday night before we go out, before all the gays go out 
So the club mm-hmm. will one day again. One day, yeah. They have a show about gear, gay gear mm-hmm. that they wear. Yep. So they, they come over to, to their friend's house for a party, but from nine to 10, you're watching these new products by queer companies that are making the leather harnesses or making the, mm-hmm. you know, something for the night. Like what are your night like? Maybe it's promoting like, you know, a new cruise that is the gay cruise that's happening around us. Mm-hmm. So you get excited, you start talking about it. You then go out to the club and you're like, oh my God, I just saw this like great thing on the queer shopping network. Like I've got to go buy that. So it's like mm. kind of you know, trying to make it a social yeah. thing. And we're all going to be like online shopping's not going away. The gays get old eventually. And like, mm-hmm. we're going to want to be sitting on our couch, still buying things, mm-hmm. trying to live that vivacious life. And why not have a show that is entertaining that does it at the same time. And do you plan on putting it on like YouTube too? Cause I know a lot of people are just going YouTube. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what I'm kind of, once I get kind of, <laughs> you know, the website stuff going, um, because I do have a background in that, but I'm going to be working, you know, developing, like I'm asking someone about a studio that I can maybe mm-hmm. rent. So we could just start getting product samples and start doing that. And I know like really great Virgin radio hosts, here just through my network that would maybe be a host for something so they have you know whatever and maybe i'll i don't know maybe i'll do some talking on it or something mm-hmm. yeah i think to get to get to the broadcast level other than i know a couple people there but i think they want to see that there's an, a growing audience but mm-hmm. i just feel like it's like a world and i feel very ready for it <laughs> it seems like the stars have a line for you just for this project i mean we're all home we're all shopping online like, yes. And nobody has taken this idea yet, which I don't understand why. It's just all aligned for you. Trade <laughs> <Don't tell anyone. laughs> market, hurry! <laughs> I know. I'm like, let's not publish this podcast yet. Um, <laughs> it will be a few weeks, so don't worry. You got okay, some time. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's it in a in a nutshell. Nice. Oh my gosh, I'm just so excited to see this grow. This oh, is just super exciting. I'm over the moon for you. Like I like this is like what I love to see as oh, like good. a coach and an entrepreneur is like well, this coming I, true. Yeah, I was on um if I can, I was on mm-hmm. um Susie Moore is a like a pitch marketing specialist and she's been on Oprah and had her articles and wherever and so she's talks about the influence of being a guest poster mm-hmm. like posting blogs that mm-hmm. end up getting to digital publication networks and grow your kind of authority in that. Yes. And so I was in, I late one night at four thirty in the morning. I was just surfing, pressed on her Facebook ad, and did a two hour like <laughs> free session that tries to pull you in to spend more money. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. The webinar <laughs> funnel. <laughs> I, I spent the money. Means it's a great funnel. <laughs> it sure is. But I'm actually going to be. I'm like I am going to be a success story for you. That is like. What I want to do, we then had our first kind of one-on-one. I didn't even believe she was there. It was like, I thought I was going to get some pre-recorded thing. And she was like, right there with her assistant. Ah! And five people in there. And when I pitched my my idea, and I won't say what it is because mm-hmm. but she, yeah. they both started clapping and were uh-huh. like, this is, yes, I want this. I talked about the queer shopping there. They said, I want to buy things from there. It's like, I would read this article. And it just, I was like almost crying. I was so, it sounds like dramatic, but I just- No, I mean, your heart and soul is going into this. And I feel, I just feel this emotional, like this is actually happening. Like people care. This isn't just some idea. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's something that this community doesn't have. And we all want to see 
for me and I want to see my kid. I want my kid to know that there's companies that support them, that there's books out there that they can mm -hmm. access. Like I see there's so many, like just even literature, there needs to be a hub to support queer made mm -hmm. storytelling for kids. So that way the next generation feels that they have books on their shelves that are reflective of their own experience rather than, yeah. or like on their cousin's shelves. So that mm -hmm. way they, you know, come to their first pride parade. They're not shocked and like odd or whatever. Like they, it's like, there's a normalization that happens mm -hmm. when it's shared beyond the communities. That's we'll see. Now you mentioned doing a blog post. You just wrote a blog post that's getting shared pretty wide right now. So there's a national mental health day here in Canada called Bell Let's Talk. And so I called mine from success to suicide and back how I'm unhinging the swinging door of my mental health and the call for sectoral change. Mm. And I think it was a, a great blog because it hit for so many people, you know, and when I started getting into coaching, those are the people that I wanted to work with was the people that have had that success. And then it's like, now what? It's just like you're free falling at that point. And yeah. so I think that that's why this blog post has been shared so much is because you really touch on something that a lot of people experience and your vulnerability in the blog post too was just beautiful. And so thank you for writing that. And oh, I think it's going to help a lot of people. I really hope it does. I mean, part of it was to talk about, yeah, just the, that role that you play in your family and your life of being the reliable overachiever, the kind of Lisa mm -hmm. Simpson of, yeah. of life in a way, if she was firstborn, maybe, <laughs> um, but. Or an but, only child. <laughs> or an only child, but like just how that, the way that you're brought up or that your, your success system as you mm -hmm. grow up and evolve became actually my Achilles heel um, at mm -hmm. a certain point and how that then related to my profession and how, my profession kind of it was an enabler in the nonprofit and charitable sector was an enabler to my, my system I created for myself. Mm -hmm. It was in. a very symbiotic relationship. It seemed like, like you had it to give and they had it to take and it yes. just too yeah. much. Yeah. I I said it was, my job was sewn into me. I've, I've always mm -hmm. said like, I didn't know where I began and my job ended. It's like, mm -hmm. it was literally in my heart and I didn't know how to get it out. So mm. Yeah. So I encourage all the listeners to read this blog post and we'll put it in the show notes too, but I think it's going to continue to get shared uh, wide. So I hope, congratulations. I hope so. Thank you. I hope like there's just a huge nonprofit charitable sector. I, I mean, that speaks, everybody has, you know, can find something in this, whether you're in nonprofit or not, mm -hmm. but it's really about how you're very passionate about what you do when you work mm -hmm. in that sector. It's social justice, it's cause, but they're under-resourced, underfunded, no HR, no mental health wellness mm -hmm. practices can be afforded or have been invested in. And so when these things, when the passion and you're pulled between your capacity and your limits, where can that put you in that, in that mm. kind of sector that can't actually support you properly? And how do you find a way, how do you find a way to, <laughs> to stay passionate? Um, yeah. In that and I sort? think that happens for solopreneurs too, is like, you're the one that's running the business and it's like, you're there at the top by yourself. And it's like, you get burnt out, really. It's like, at one point, you just kind of like, well, is this it? You know, am I making a difference anymore? Is yeah. Am I just putting out fires? So yeah. it's really something that needs to be like, a light needs to be shining on it. Or I would say, 
people like you and I. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Yeah. We've all experienced this. I guess so many people can relate. Like and you and you think like, well, I didn't grow up with like a crummy child. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. a chummy cr- childhood. I'm not trying yeah. to like jump on my parents, but the perfectionism can be a really detrimental part to you because the world isn't perfect and mm-hmm. you believe that you have to be. Mm-hmm. And, and even though people you. say you can't be perfect at everything, you still want to prove them wrong. <laughs> like absolutely, I, I am going to be perfect at everything. And, and that was it. I was like, I, I never wanted to let anyone down. I always wanted to be that. So I'm going to be talking about in my next, I think I'm going to write again, nice. talk about just being queer and queer perfectionism as it relates to psychology and the challenges that come with mm-hmm. that through growing, growing mm-hmm. up. Care. That is a whole other sliver that I didn't want to touch on in that, but I think is a, a, a lot of people in that in this <laughs> in the queer community, I think can relate to that um, notion as well. So we yeah, see. I would say like, I have tried to look into like that, like, like imposter syndrome in the queer community. And the research that I've seen is more about like self-identity imposter syndrome, but not like your skills, stuff like that. Like you trying to be perfect at everything, not just about your sexual orientation or your identity. Yes. So I think it'll be really great for you to kind of touch on that, like that other part of it. Oh, absolutely. I think there's, that was one of my other podcasts I spoke, spoke on was kind of <laughs> the challenges of mental health, and, but then mm-hmm. it will your angle on that. And I think there's, yeah, a lot to be said about never feeling accepted by society in general and how that does create a lacking in your life. And you want to prove where you have the control mm-hmm. and control the way you were born. But if you can control the other things around you and prove to whoever it is, whether it's your parents, whether it's like the kids in your class, whether it's like the people you send your Christmas cards to. Yeah. If you can, sh- if you yeah. if you can show that, you know, see, I might be gay, but if you look at all the great things I can do, like I can mm-hmm. be this great person and maybe this will change your mind in some way. You'll see that you'll nor- like, this won't be such a thing to be disdainable about. And so when the majority of you know society is like that, it's like kind of like a complex to prove Mm-hmm. something because you just want to feel loved and, and cared and, and like and like everybody else so you try to find a way to normalize that through your actions but in do you think people have that feeling about relationships too like we have to show that we have a great relationship we have a loving relationship more than maybe say like a hetero family oh my goodness oh for sure i like even just watching in the early 2000s like we, we went back and we're watching sex in the city Mm-hmm. And, and it still happens today, to be honest, in terms of marketing and stuff, where it's like, you know, the, her best friend, I'm not a Sex in the city holologist, I don't know. Everything, mm, yeah. But essentially, like, as, like, gay characters get introduced, they're always introduced, locked arms, walking down the street, and, oh, we ran into you, Carrie, and, oh, well, we're just here being happy, and we're just, like, look, happy, gay, loving. And so mm-hmm. it's this, like, tokenist, but also trying to show, like, oh, we're not just the flamboyant, like, mm-hmm. you know, drag queens walking down the street. We can be these other things, but it's also this very constructed idea of people who are non-queer can see themselves in it. Oh, a couple. I've walked down the street with my arms interlinked. I've done that, but it's just kind of like tokenized. To, it's like the next evolution. It's like two steps forward, one step back. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I call it like tripping up the stairs of success where it's like, yes. yeah, we push things further, but we've also pushed further stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Time, so we fall 
trip up the stair. We get there, but it's not yep. without a reverberation of it not being enforcing of some hegemonic like idea of the way that heteronormative mm -hmm. people relate to this story, right? Yeah. I mean, we need to see more like couples walking down the street being like, this fucker ate the last cookie today. <laughs> and I'm going to leave him at the coffee yeah. shop. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. They're, they're, they're like, <laughs> yeah, I have some like, like TV series ideas that really like that I've again on my wall that I've like thought about for years and I'm trying to just I don't know the next thing on my plate might be to do mm. one of those but it is kind of delving into the like the lived life kind of like the parenthood but from a queer perspective mm -hmm. um, because we've seen the queers folk but it's like almost yeah. like queers folk too like yeah that they've grown up another living on more hetero whatever a more yeah mature life and what does that look like and what are different mm -hmm. perspectives on that so yeah uh, who knows what down the road this thing is now driving me like you had to live until you're like you're 120 so that we can see all of this going on oh <laughs> uh, well it took until i was 41 for me to like break out of my earlier success system <laughs> and to find something else which happens to a lot of people i think a lot it of does you know we you talk about the thing that happens at this age midlife crisis oh yeah yeah that happens i mean i was uncoupled from my husband and moved to puerto rico this year <laughs> so and what like, midlife like i know i'm just like oh let's do an interview with you now like what yes. was <laughs> covid <laughs> oh well yes covid I, uh, it's challenged relationships and we we were in a polyamorous relationship for two years that ended in mm -hmm. the middle of and uh, oh geez amplified you know i think a lot of people are mm -hmm. struggling in this yes. world that nobody ever planned to live in was a 24-hour partner partnered type of lifestyle and it's if mm -hmm. things weren't working in some way they really were amplified over the course of it's when i realized that when you say in marriage like till death do you part when it was created death do you part was like 20 years not 60. <laughs> so we should have like a contract. We had to resign every five years or so. <laughs> How are you still feeling is? here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was anybody a jerk to you in the last five years? Yeah. There's some things going on there. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're uh, somewhere warm and hopefully feeling like it was the right decision for this point in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I get to live my dream and that's, that's really what we want in life, right? Is to figure out how to live our dreams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and give yourself permission to do it. I think mm -hmm. that's also really hard. I think giving yourself permission, I, maybe it's just me, but I've always cared about other people more than I kind of care about mm -hmm. myself. And I always want to look after, you know, being the eldest of four, I was always kind of like the caregiver of the group and like, mm -hmm. you know, want everything to be okay and be supported. So you never, you know, think, Think about yourself as much. Yeah. So it's been a real change for me to actually, this isn't me working for another organization and helping them out or saving the day or being everything to them. It's about being everything for myself now, mm -hmm. which is weird because I don't, you know, just even me going out as a consultant after 20 years of working at organizations, like I went through a whole lot of stuff with that too, and mm -hmm. depression and anxiety when things weren't going exactly to plan when I started doing it and COVID hit like that was, mm -hmm. that wasn't in my plan. I yeah. had plans to go all these, you know, film festivals and do what I do best, which is the networking and the partnering and all that was all kind of like taken away. It was um, yeah. and trying to do that and just got exhausting. It's a, mm -hmm. it was a very um, challenging fall, I would say, but forced me to just sit and say what else is possible. And yeah. what's brought me here. I wouldn't be here if I wasn't, if I hadn't gone through that, but it was, 
the worst time of my life. So, but it's giving birth to this great new project now. Yeah, which it just kind of came amazing. to me. my brain started waking up again. I started like mm-hmm. having good thoughts out of bed. Like then, like it just came to me. I think that must have came to me in a bed thing, and I run over to my desk that I had been <laughs> avoiding working in this corner, this new office corner. I'm like, I don't want to do it. I'm resisting. And then I just came, just started writing notes, and I put them up on the wall. Get them out of my head so I can sleep better. Yep. It came out, and I have lots of sticky notes up here right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daniel, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I'm looking forward to seeing how this is going to grow and explode just in the community and the world. And I just feel very honored that you got to share it here in one of the first places. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for spending time with me. I'm really I'm honored to be able to, to do this with you and hope, uh, hope all goes well. And we'll put all your links and stuff in the show notes so people can follow you and find what you've been up to. So thank you so much. And we will talk to you again soon. Can you believe that that idea has not been created yet? I'm sure you're shocked as much as I am. So please support him in what he is doing and make sure you follow him in all his social media and be sure to support the Queer Shopping Network and all the companies that he is creating relationships with. Now, did you know that some of the best experience I have when I was growing up and becoming this amazing business person I am today was being at retreats and I connected with so many amazing people and had the greatest time with the experiences. So I have created a one-on-one personalized transformation retreat here in my new home in Puerto Rico. And I have a few more openings. Now, this retreat is for you if you are stuck and need some clarity and guidance on how you can get to the next level or a goal that you've been wanting to reach for a while. And it's also for you if you just need a place to pause, reset, and be present in your life. And you have a creative project that you haven't been finishing yet, you can do that here on this one-on-one retreat. It's a three-day retreat. You don't have to worry about anything, just getting here, and I take care of the rest. And each retreat is tailored specifically for each individual that comes and stays here with me. It has been a great experience for everybody who has experienced this retreat with me so far. So even if you're just a little bit interested in this, head over to my website and complete the form and I can get in contact with you and we can talk about if this is a good fit for you. All right, everybody, keep being amazing and keep loving each other. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.